When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. See folks, welcome one and all in here, out there, all around the world to the Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. This is, without a doubt, it's a troubling time, what with the pandemic and now a brutal, unprovoked war in Europe. But every once in a while, there's a little gleam of sunshine in the world, a child's smile, the first flower of spring, the January 6th committee laying out potential criminal charges against the former president. <sighs> Turns out there is a chance that trying to violently overthrow our democracy might be illegal. <laughs> the potential charge against the former president and his campaign is a criminal conspiracy to defraud the United States. To paraphrase an idiot and his bloodthirsty mob, lock him up. <laughs> this... I've never, I've never had my own bloodthirsty mob before. <laughs> I get the appeal, I have to say. This information comes from a civil court filing involving disgraced lawyer John Eastman, seen here starring in Indiana Jones and the Trickle of Flomax. <laughs> Eastman was the legal genius behind the theory that after a free and fair election, Vice President Mike Pence had the power under the Constitution to declare, psych! Naturally, the January 6th committee wants all of Easton's relevant documents and emails. So far, he's turned over uh, less than half of them, citing attorney-client privilege, but those claims were undercut because Eastman hasn't been able to prove that he was ever hired by the former president. In fact, an engagement letter that Eastman produced last week was unsigned. Not the first time the ex-pres has bailed on an engagement. But the more important argument the committee is making here is that Eastman's claim of privilege was potentially voided by the crime-fraud exception, which holds that communications need not be kept confidential if an attorney is found to be assisting their client in the commission of a crime. That seems pretty reasonable. Your lawyer can't be an accessory to your crime. We learned that in the dramatic episode where we found out that Matlock had a fridge full of human feet. <laughs> the... Committee, the committee says that they have evidence, they have evidence that the former president knew he was committing fraud thanks to the testimony of former campaign advisor and soft-boiled Guy Fieri, <laughs> Jason Miller. According to Miller, the former president was well aware that his months of assertions about the stolen election were false because he had been told soon after Election Day by a campaign data expert in pretty blunt terms that he was going to lose. How blunt? Because if the message was delivered via anything more complicated than scratch and sniff, I don't think it's going to get through. <laughs> speaking, speaking, 
Scratch and sniff. Scratch and sniff. Speaking of leaders lying to their people, Vladimir Putin, so far, his invasion has been an embarrassment to Mother Russia, so today, he met with his security council, and he made this surprising claim. I would like to say that special military operation is being conducted strictly in accordance to the plan and schedule. It's true. I've written it all on list. Phase one, invade. Phase two, world hate us. Phase three, money and wallet turn to dust. Phase four, victory, celebrate with Fudgy the Whale Cake. One of the reasons, Fudgy the Turnip, Fudgy the, Fudgy the Whale Turnip. One of the reasons the invasion's not going according to Putin's plan is because ordinary Ukrainians are all joining the fight, like one Ukrainian costume designer who is using her movie industry skills not to dress actors, but to source uniforms, shoes, helmets, gloves, body armor, and knee pads. I am not surprised at all. Everyone in show business knows there is no tougher or more resourceful unit than the wardrobe department. <laughs> Every day, I show up in a fleece vest crusted with chili stains, <laughs> and they transform me into this. <laughs> and they gotta use an ice scraper. <laughs> they gotta scrape me out. Uh-huh. And listen to this woman. Yeah, we want to just to live here on our own land, yes, to make our own mistakes, to have our own maybe corrupted governments, but the ones that we elect. Yes, democracy is all about having the right to elect and then hate your own leaders. <laughs> Ask any mayor of New York City. <laughs> that woman right there also introduced us to the next generation of Ukrainian patriots. It feels like all 44 million people in Ukraine, young and old, men and women, everybody is, is united, everybody is a soldier. Yes, this is what's happening, yes. Even, even the, this baby is a soldier, I think. That woman is unbelievably tough and absolutely right. Anyone who's had a baby knows they are small but relentless opponents. <laughs> and masters, masters of sleep deprivation torture. <laughs> oh, oh, mommy. Oh, mommy, you want to sleep, yes? Well, tell us where the binky is. No, no, not that one. I want the blue one this time. <laughs> Whoa, what is this thing? Hold on, there's another one. You didn't tell me about these. Oh, nom, 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 nom. Foot, what is a foot? <laughs> Seeing that woman Speaking with her baby in her arms reminds you of the terrible human cost of all of this, the terrible waste of war. These are ordinary people trying to go about their lives while a vicious psychopath unleashes modern weapons of war against them, and it can make you feel hopeless to see this human suffering. But there are things that we can do. There's a list of organizations you can donate to pinned to the top of our Twitter page. Go to at Colbert Late Show to find out how you can help. Now, one thing, everyone... <laughs> one thing everyone's trying to do right now is figure out what's going on inside Vladimir Putin's head. And we got a little insight this week from former president and grandpa really getting a kick out of this library puppet show. 
George W. Bush. Bush was at a fundraiser on Tuesday, and during a Q&A, he recounted a very telling exchange that he and Putin once had years ago involving their pets. Well, of course, they were both famous for their lap dogs. <laughs> Here's the story. Here's the story. Take a second. Take a second. <laughs> Here's the story. According to Bush, I introduced Vladimir Putin to Barney, our Scottish terrier, and Putin dissed him. A year later, Laura and I go visit Vladimir, and he says, I want you to meet my dog. I said, yeah, sure. And I'll never forget, outruns a huge Russian hound, and Putin says, bigger, stronger, and faster than Barney. <laughs> Putin is so insecure, he has to compare dog sizes? <laughs> that little bitch. <laughs> but female dog. I mean a female dog. I mean, reference to it's a female dog. Yeah, yeah. But this does, this does mean we know how to terrify Putin now just by releasing footage of our latest military asset, Clifford. <laughs> the only reason Putin feels he can act with such impunity, really, is because he knows China has his back, and evidently he has theirs, because according to reports, Putin wanted to invade Ukraine earlier, but he waited because China asked Russia to delay the Ukraine war until after the Olympics. Yes, they didn't want Russia to ruin their Olympics with the invasion. They wanted Russia to ruin their Olympics with a 15-year-old freebasing Peepop's heart pills. <laughs> and after that report, a spokesperson for Chinese President Xi Jinping claimed they didn't ask Russia for the delay. Well, this is just a classic case of he said, she said. China is just about the only friend Russia has left because every other major country and corporation is disowning them. For instance, IKEA is closing its Russian stores. And this will, yes, sure. This will go into effect as soon as they can find that little Allen wrench to take the stores apart. We got a great show for you tonight. Coming up, meanwhile. I'm Rachel Martin. After hosting Morning Edition for years, I know that the news can wear you down. So we made a new podcast called Wild Card, where a special deck of cards and a whole bunch of fascinating guests help us sort out what makes life meaningful. It's part game show, part existential deep dive, and it is seriously fun. Join me on Wild Card wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR. John, in just a moment, uh, the one, the only, Kyle McLaughlin's going to be out here to join us here on stage. Yes. In the house. Let's get it, Kyle. And uh, you ever watch any of the Succession? Uh, Stewie. Oh, yes. Yes. Stewie from Succession is going to be out here in just a moment. Arian Moyet is going to be out here. Oh, my goodness. Very excited to talk to our guests this evening. What do you got coming up, John? Oh, the weekend. Just literally the weekend. Well, I thought you were going to hang out with the weekend. I didn't know what... (laughs) Well, it's hard to, hard to tell these days what people are talking about when they say the weekend. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm excited about the weekend to do nothing. Oh, sometimes it's the most you can do, John. You know? Yeah. Sometimes you need to have a pause. Yeah. A pause for a worthy cause. That's right. You work hard. You work hard, but ultimately everybody is working for the weekend. Ooh. <laughs> Lover boy. Lover boy. Chris over there was an overnight DJ when he was in high school. Did you ever play any Loverboy? Sure. Can you name any other Loverboy song other than Everybody's Working for the Weekend? 
Neither can I. <laughs> can anyone here name any other Loverboy song other than Everybody's Working for the Weekend? Turn Me Loose. Turn Me Loose. <laughs> I have no idea what that song is. <laughs> Mark, you know it? How's it go? Oh, come, on. come on, how's it go? Why don't you turn me loose? Turn Me Loose! Ah! Yeah. <laughs> Folks, if you watch this show, you know I spend much of my time right over there planting and growing the day's biggest news and a parcel terroir at precisely 80 meters on a north-facing slope with just the right microclimate, then hand-picking only the ripest, most topical Botrytis prune story grapes. After three pressings, I then carefully barrel-age their noble rotted nectar for 30 months exclusively in new oak barrels to bring out the aromas of tropical fruits, honeyed pears, and roasted nuts in the Chateau de Kemsauterne that is my nightly monologue. But sometimes, sometimes, folks, I wake up in a Bulgarian prison convicted of what my non-English-speaking court-appointed lawyer only calls animal wrongs. I trade the cigarettes, I wanted a bare-knuckle match with a guard for some fig marmalade, apple cores, and discarded ketchup packets. Toss it all in the plastic bag I stole off the cellmate Draglemir's foot while he slept. <laughs> Leave it under a fermenting pipe overnight to serve up the sour mash goon plonk of news that is my segment. <laughs> Meanwhile... A fermenting pipe. Meanwhile... Right there... Symmetrical. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Burgervania, Burger King's largest franchise is cutting their chicken nugget count as prices surge, which explains Burger King changing their slogan from have it your way to we all gotta make sacrifices and we're gonna need that straw back. <laughs> Apparently, the number of nuggets provided in a Burger King meal will go from 10 down to 8. But don't worry, the amount of chicken in the meal will remain zero. <laughs> Meanwhile... <laughs> Meanwhile, here in New York, Governor Hochul has outlined a plan to overhaul state liquor laws, including permanently legalizing to-go alcohol. That... That headline again, Stephen Colbert discovers that before now, just walking around drinking booze on the street was not legal. I don't know. New Orleans. In New Orleans, you can have open oh, containers. Yeah, you yeah. can. You can have a daiquiri. Mardi Gras. Well, in addition to takeaway hooch, the governor is also considering allowing drinks to be served at movie theaters. Well, good, because there's, there's one thing drunk New Yorkers are famous for. It's sitting quietly and appreciating the maison scène. <laughs> Meanwhile... Soccer star Cristiano Ronaldo went viral this week after he showered on Instagram Live. Good Lord! There are creases on that man's body I didn't know existed on human beings. It looks like someone shrink-wrapped a Terminator. 670,000 people tuned into this showering and for some reason made comments like, very brave. No! No, it's not! It is not brave! If I took a public shower on Instagram Live, that would be an act of unbridled courage. If I looked like that, I would just burn all my clothes. Brave is taking your shirt off at a hotel pool when you look like a cinch sack full of raw chicken skins. <laughs> Not that. Very brave.
<laughs> Meanwhile, an unused ticket to Michael Jordan's debut game sold for $468,000, although 400000 of that was Ticketmaster fees. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, there you go. Yeah. That joke's based on a true story. Oh, oh, yeah. Meanwhile, in wearable fitness news, Fitbit has recalled 1.7 million smartwatches with a battery that can overheat. That sounds pretty dangerous. And as a Fitbit owner, I have one important question. Does this affect Fitbits that have never been removed from the box? <laughs> Asking for a friend. Meanwhile, in the Congo, a polygamist wed triplets on the same day after they all proposed to him. After meeting one, she introduced him to her sisters, who became equally smitten. And the man felt obliged to marry all of them because they are triplets. I didn't know you were obliged to marry three siblings just because you met one of them. I'm so sorry, Hemsworth brothers. Coming up, Kyle McLaughlin. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts. We had a... We had a live show. We had a live show two nights ago, and you caught me coming back from commercial trying to snorkel in a cup of coffee over here. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. My first guest tonight is an actor you know from Twin Peaks, Blue Velvet, and Sex and the City. He now stars in Joe vs. Carol. No comment is not an evasion. You didn't dodge her question. You simply chose not to dignify it with an answer. That's what I'm saying. I mean, with journalism like that, they might as well rename themselves the Inquirer. What's next? Ellen and Portia are having threesomes with aliens? Ha! You know what we're doing? I'm going to cancel our subscription. Howard, no. You love their arts and leisure section. That's not fair. Oh, I am so angry. You know what I'm going to do? What? I'm going to write a letter to the editor. I'm going to write a strongly worded letter to the editor. I love it when you get all riled up on my behalf. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Kyle McLaughlin. What a nice audience. Wow, thank you. People. It's nice to see you again. Thank you. Nice to be back. You're looking particularly gay with the salt and pepper and you. the very Steve McQueen turtleneck. Thank you. You you know my, my stylist. You must have spoken with her. Yes. Very good. Very good. Now, most people out there uh, know you from uh, Blue Velvet, Twin Peaks, Sex and the City, yes. Portlandia. Yes. The list goes on oh, and on. Man. But you've added uh, another uh, item to your resume, which yes. I didn't see coming. I don't, I don't know if you did. Uh-huh. This was... Uh, let's see. This was uh, this year, January 16th. You <laughs> working the runway in Milan yes. at the Prada fashion show. 
Kyle McLaughlin, how did you end up on the catwalk? I have no idea. I, um... You knew that you weren't just walking. You knew you were actually in a fashion show, right? Uh, well, that's what they told me. Yes. Um, they served me champagne backstage before I walked out there. They knew <laughs> I needed a little extra help. Um, You're wearing a lot of clothes there. That oh, is, those yeah, are that's some my... baggy, baggy jeans. Yeah, that's my new style. Cooling, no, 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 that's... That is a big coat. That's a silk pajama, man. That's, that's... I'm rocking a silk pajama. silk pajamas? <laughs> yes. Yes. So this is just a black bathrobe, is what you're saying. Oh, that's four-ply yeah. cashmere, man. Oh, that, my God. That, I know. It was, it was amazing. So how did it feel? Oh, it was, it was fun. You know, really, the only thing that goes through your head when you're in that situation is, do not fall down. <laughs> that's all that was running through my head the entire time. Are you new to walking? Why would you fall down? <laughs> it's you're not wearing it's, high heels, It's are you? walking under pressure. No, I'm wearing... <laughs> It's very challenging. Walking under pressure. pressure. Yes. Well, no, you, yeah, exactly. Have you done that, that does before? Sound hard. Yeah, it does sound it's hard. It's really challenging. Yeah, but walking and people are watching you walk. Well, that's true. And your rubber boots on a carpet, so the scuff factor is very high. Oh, and you could get those little sparky fingers you from could the. Get yeah. yeah. We got... Don't touch anybody. <laughs> yeah. We actually have a clip of you actually oh, really? walking under pressure, oh, dear Jim. Lord. Okay. All right. <laughs> Yeah, oh, clearly, you've walked before. <laughs> I have not seen you uh, since uh, the premiere of Denis Villeneuve's Dune. Ah, uh, yes, and, I know and, we're speaking and about that. And those of us who are originalists will remember you as the original <laughs> Paul Atreides here. <laughs> which I just... Thank you. Absolutely... Thank you. We've talked about this before. We have. I abs absolutely we have. loved it. I was very jealous because I wanted to be Paul Atreides. I yes. was a young actor at the time. Yes. Can I ever tell you when I went to go see this, they actually gave out a glossary? Yes. Yes, I had one too. I, I think I still have one folded up somewhere in my archives. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, have you seen the new one? I have. They had a screening in Brisbane. I was down working in Brisbane. That's where we shot Joe versus yeah. Carol. And they had, uh, in a big, beautiful theater, we all went, you know, all the sound, the seats rumbled, the whole thing. It was fantastic. I Wait, thought... the, seats, the seats rumbled? Oh, sure. Like well, you know, when the sandworm, yeah, when the sandworms come through, you got to have rumbling seats, man. I didn't know that. I got to go to a better theater. You got to go to a... <laughs> You gotta go to Australia. That's yeah, sure, where you get the really good theater. Yeah. Um, but it was good. It was really, I really enjoyed it. I thought Timothy did a great job. He was a wonderful Paul. Really good. I, 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 I was feeling very nostalgic sure. when I watched it because I was watching scenes that I had done and here was a, he was a young man and I, to, I tried to communicate with him. I said, don't put your hand in that box. That's not good. <laughs> no good things come from that What's box. What's in that box? It's one thing. Pain. That's exactly right. <laughs> Were people surprised to see you there? They're like, no one recognized me. They, 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 no, no idea. What are you no, talking no, about? No idea. You're I was Kyle there. I thought. I told everyone that. No one seemed to care. <laughs> it's awful. All right. Awful. Uh, no, it was fine. So, so th is that the first thing you did with Lynch? Yes. Okay. So that, yes. then, then, and then uh, and Blue, Blue Velvet, Velvet of yeah. course, tremendous. Yeah. So you can see those two films really worked well together. And Twin Peaks. <laughs> and Twin Peaks. And yeah. Twin Peaks. Yeah. David there, and I've done a lot of stuff. So many. Twin Peaks twice. Twin Peaks twice. Twin Peaks twice. Really, yes. three times if you count the movie. That's true. But Very okay, true. so there's so many. There's sort of legends about David Lynch. Oh yeah. Lots you know, of sort of a mysterious figure, yeah. very much his own way of doing things. Yes. Anything leap out immediately about working with David Lynch? Well, Stories of like yeah. first encountering. Yeah, yeah. I know working with him on Blue Velvet. So, David. Um, uh, and and Naomi Watts actually reminded me of this when we were doing the reboot. She said, you know, he likes to talk to you when you're filming. 
And when, like when we were, you're doing a scene? While you're doing a scene. So during Blue Velvet, a lot of times we, we, we were doing the scene and he would sit, this is before the age of monitors when the director would be off somewhere in the distance behind, you know, black flats looking at the screen. He was right underneath the camera, right there watching everything. So he'd just be like, right there. And he would start to talk, he said. He said, now, and he always calls me Kale. That's a whole nother story. <laughs> That's a whole nother story. Anyway, he said, Kale, all right, look around and you see the coffee cup on the table. So I'm like, in character, and I look over and I go, now, you go pick up the coffee cup, you take a sip, and it's the worst coffee you've ever had. So you go. What do I do now? The whole point was trying to make me laugh. Blue but, Velvet is a funny film. But it's <laughs> hilarious. Subtle at times, yes, but yes. deeply, deeply funny. My intention was to try to make him laugh first. So this okay. is what it this is what it, it became. That was now. Yeah. We have to take a quick break, but stick around. When we come back, I'll ask Kyle what they used in Joe versus Carol other than tigers, because they didn't use tigers. <laughs> the, the new show. Uh, uh, that you're doing yes. is Joe versus Carol, which is, of course, is about uh, Tiger King. Yes. And and yes. Carol Baskin yes. as yes. Carol. Yes. Carol Baskin. You play yes. Carol's husband. Yes. Now, Howard. for for remind the people out there that what what is the husband's role in all of this? <laughs> to not get eaten <laughs> by the tigers. By the tigers. By the tigers. That is we didn't actually have tigers. What? No. No tigers. No tigers were used in the filming. Um, they all CGI. So they put them in afterwards. But instead, in the place of tigers, we had Great Danes. <laughs> Ferocious, mean, vicious <laughs> Great Danes. This well, you know, my, my executive producer, Tom Purcell, once famously said when we were trying to get a wild cat into our show to do something, he right. said, look, uh, anything that could eat the actors is going to be expensive. <laughs> <laughs> and that's you can't have a tiger. No, no, on the set. no. I actually was very grateful not to have a tiger on the set for that very reason. Yeah. I said something's going to happen, yeah. and I don't want to be the person that's going to be the result. Did you watch the Tiger King at the beginning? Like, I did. It was such a it was yeah. such a phenomenon yeah. two years ago. Yeah, yeah. Right at the beginning of the whole pandemic, um, you know, you really, I mean, amazing stories of people doing things that were just outrageous, and we decided what we we were going to dramatize that. We're going to tell a little bit deeper story. Because I really feel like they only really scratched the surface of the characters. <laughs> and we were feline, like there was more <laughs> there to explore. And, I, you know, we pounced on the opportunity. <laughs> Thank you for your service. Thank you. I am happy to be here. Anything I can do to help. Kyle McLaughlin, it was lovely to see you. Thank you for what being here, pleasure. as always. Thank you. Up next, Ariane Moyed. My next guest tonight is a talented actor you know from Succession, Love Life, and Spider-Man No Way Home. He now stars in the Netflix series Inventing Anna, Please welcome to The Late Show, Arian Moyed. I am uh, 
Uh, first of all, grateful that you wore a suit and a tie. Yes, I, yeah. I saw what Kyle was doing, and I was like, that's not... God, no, that's not, I mean, that's not respectful. What's that about? Respectful. I mean, he should know better. Right. Now, besides your, your other achievements, people know you as Stewie <laughs> in succession. And there, there's, there's Stewie. That's Stewie. Stewie, who is kind of this friendly menace yes. at the same time. He's yeah. sort of like a buddy, and also, I will cut your throat when you turn around. Yeah, you know? exactly. What, is, that, is it fun to make? Because it's fun to watch all these people being awful to each oh, other. Oh, it's, it's really exciting to make. You know, everyone on the show is kind of from the theater. Yeah. Um, and we do, the way that we shoot it, we have these, like, long, like, scenes that we do, like a little one-acts. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you don't even know where the cameras are. And you're mm -hmm. just kind of like being on, you know, on stage and just doing these characters. And like, actually, in that scene that you're mentioning, um, right before, you know, the first take, and we didn't rehearse right before it, right before the first take, I saw that uh, the first AD was sniffing some lavender, and, and the props person was also sniffing some lavender. And then I was like, let me smell that. And they're like, okay, we're ready to go. And they got it. I, I took a sniff of it, and I was like, this is amazing. I put it down, the scene starts. And Brian's right in front of me, you know, Brian Cox. And right as it's happening, I, he's telling me the pitch of the deal. And I look down and I just grab the lavender and I smell it while he's doing the scene. And then I was like, well, they're eventually going to tell me to not do that. Right. <laughs> and I then assume. take after take after take. And now it's like a meme. And I keep on saying, if I knew that sniffing lavender was going to be a big hit, I would have done this 15 years ago. <laughs> What's well, it like? I've interviewed Brian Cox a couple of times, and yeah. he's a very interesting guy. But I imagine that across a table from him, especially him playing uh, that character, is might be a bit of an intimidating figure. A very intimidating, and also, you know, he's a legend. You know, a theater legend, mm -hmm. a film and TV legend. And one time, I had this scene in season one where I have to tell him in front of all these amazing actors, like everyone effing hates you. And, you know, there's a lot of text, and we're not rehearsing, and it's a long scene, and the first take happens, and I'm a little nervous, and he comes right up to me, and he goes, stop it. You're great. Stop it. Just be great. And I was like, okay. And then I was like, here we go. And then wow. I just, like, completely put me How at ease. generous. Yeah. That's really wonderful. Yeah, he, it was, like, angry, but generous. <laughs> You know, that it's like, like yeah. stop it, you're great. Yeah, it was fun. Um, you, uh, and this is a compliment, because he's an attractive character, but you look like Stewie. Like, oh. there's not much difference between, like, looking at you now yeah. and the character there, other than your behavior. People ever s just see you as Stewie? Like, do they treat you like Stewie when oh, they see you out in the yeah. world? All the time. All the time. There is... Numerous times I'm with my girls at a restaurant. And Are they someone, young? They're 13 and 11. They yeah. have not seen Succession. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, hopefully they never do. Um, and then someone would, you could tell, like a finance person like walks right by and it's kind of like, and one person, one person at one time was like, you want to hit the bathroom after this? You want to hit the bathroom? And I'm kind of like, my kids are here, and I've co-founded a nonprofit theater company. I don't think you think that I'm like, you know, the yeah. guy that you think I am. Uh -huh. yeah. Come on, let's just do a bump. Yeah, let's just do a little bump right here. Yeah. Um, so was it good stuff? Yeah, it was great. <laughs> now, you are starring in... You're starring in Inventing Anna, mm. which is about this woman. Yeah. You're, you play Anna Delvey's lawyer. Yeah. This is a fascinating story. 
tell the people who don't know it yet who she was. She was the is um, the often known as the Soho grifter, um, and she was this fake German heiress that swindled a bunch of elite New Yorkers. And yeah, I represent her in a court of law. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Did, what what were the actual crimes that she was accused of? The crimes, you know, there was twelve crimes um, that she was accused of. That's a good number. Uh, that's a nice number. Yeah. Um, but you know. My character, played by uh, me, I mean, the actual Todd Spodick, <laughs> that, that's... I like, I like that, that character, character played, played, by, played me. by me. Todd Spodick, the actual human yeah, being, yeah. Um, got her off on four of those 12 charges. So yeah. he did a really good job. But the charges were, you know, stealing from a lot of different uh, people and places and organizations. And, and, and did she change her identity as she went along, or was she always this one German fake she, heiress? You know, she was kind of the type of chameleon that can kind of go into a room and all of a sudden she's fitting into that world. Mm -hmm. uh, she was originally, um, she's known as Anna Sorokin, but then she changed her name to Anna Delvey because it was, I guess, cooler. Yeah. <laughs> have your have your eleven and thirteen year olds seen that? Have they you seen have Anna? watched it at nauseum. Um, they love the show. Big Team Anna fans. Um, and originally they were they were you know they're usually like not impressed by it. But I was in Spider Man and sure. we went to the premiere of Spider Man and for like a day, I was like the coolest guy. <laughs> Sure, that and must then, be a cool thing yeah, for your dad to be nice. in the biggest movie yeah, of the year. Yeah, ever, yeah. And the next day, they're like, your part was kind of small. <laughs> I'm like, go to your room! Why don't you just go to your room? <laughs> now, I, I want to I ask you about something on a slightly different subject. Yeah. I know that your, your, your family was uh, from Iran, and they left the Iranian Revolution in 1979. And I'm just curious, with so many... Coming from a family that had to make a new life after being displaced by a crisis in their home country, whether that gives you a particular view of what's happening, uh, the tragedy in Ukraine. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's the bravery that we are all watching of these men and women that worked in IT and marketing departments that are now, you know, defending their homeland um, is kind of just so incredible to watch, and 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 we applaud them. And, and I oftentimes think, you know, that happened to my family. My family left uh, Iran, and um, my we were then invaded by Iraq, and my brother fought in the Iran-Iraq War. And, you know, those stories are also, and we're just also people. So, you know, I, as much as I am praying for the Ukrainians, I'm also praying for an opportunity that, like, we get to empathize with all of the people that are going through these, you know, uh, war-torn situations. Arne, thank you so much for being here. This has been The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. If you're enjoying The Late Show Poncho, leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 11.35, 10.35 Central on CBS and Paramount+. And for more exclusive Late Show content, Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.